and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut on the gram. Along with my co-host... Revzy! Revzy Duda! Revzy Day! It's just good to be back together. It is, it is. I missed you because I, I was missed away. You. I low-key missed you lots. I did send you like a voice memo every five minutes. Yes. Sorry about that. I know you were there to work. No, but it was fine. It was nice to like remind myself that I have a life outside of an intense, creative, immersive work week. But it was fun. Remind yourself that I'm your whole life outside of work. Oh, how can I forget? I'm your third child. You are. First child, really. Well, technically, yes. So I am fizzing. Why? Because on my way here, I went to get a Coke because, yeah. you know, I need to hype myself up to record the podcast because otherwise it would be such a snooze fest if I showed my real self I'm running off three hours sleep and just like hello and welcome to we don't have time for this I mean like do I need to sell you again on the wonders of coffee (laughs) I know but I just like coke okay anyway ducked into Liquorland went and bought a coke the guy asked me for ID oh for even being there fuck yeah day made but do you remember the days when you were over 18 let's say mid-20s yeah and you'd get id'd and the whole effort of like having to get your wallet out such a groan are you being sarcasmic no it was such a groan it was like oh all right right. (laughs) i'll dig into my tiny bag and get my tiny id out (laughs) here you go i promise i'm 18 well i've always carried around a very cumbersome wallet with shitloads of oh my god lol you so have why though i'm a receipt hoarder do you not have like a tax dude well now i'm talking like back to my early to mid 20s anyway but today when he was like oh i just need to check your id and i was like what like, I was, and he was like yeah because you need to be over 18 i was like no 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 i know but, 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 did i get it but really i was so smug i pulled out my id and he honestly he looked puzzled when he saw my birthday he i was think, doing the maths in his time I think it was like, oh, shit, you old, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's because you've got makeup on. You look younger. Or is it the swag of beauty goodies I gave you? (laughs) Oh, stop it. They've worked in a week. You now look under 18. Hate to break it to you. Haven't used any of them. You know, people are going to be groaning at you. I am working my way through my current repertoire of beauty products. You suck. I'm not the kind of person who can pick and mix and like dip in and mix different brands of face care. I need to stick to the one, clean that bottle out, done. Do you know how many of our dear listeners must have been listening to me just handing you $300 worth of beauty products and been like, I'll give it a go, Gem. Maybe you should do an Instagram giveaway. (gasps) No, I was just making fun of you. (laughs) Well, I was thinking... We're about to hit half a million downloads. Oh my god. So, Are we really? Yes. Holy mackerel. I know. Maybe we should do a giveaway. Okay, but what would be a cool giveaway? We don't have a lame one. Skincare, self-care, oh. mama care, all the care. <laughs> <laughs> care care. A care package. A care. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they pay me the medium bucks. Exactly. All right, we need to pull our shit together. We have a podcast to do. Okay. And no one wants to hear a bunch of giggly schoolgirls under 18 <laughs> in their ears on their commute to work or on their breastfeed at 4am. It's just going to be obnoxious. So just just check yourself. Okay. 
Something I just remembered this week is that someone slid into my DMs and they said, you and Revs have such amazing chemistry together. Have you two ever worked together before prior to doing the podcast? And I mean, there are so many stories we could share, but the one that popped into my mind that I hadn't thought about in forever is when we worked at Macca's. You're usually getting on at me for like spooking Goliath. We were just shit kickers at McDonald's, but yes, we worked together there. Hang on. McDonald's was impactful because I met my first real serious boyfriend oh, working at Macca's. And I was there for the whole thing. You were. Third wheeling by the hot chip station. For the whole month that you worked there. Yeah, I bailed pretty quickly. I was 15, she was 16. And I've got a real chip on my shoulder about this, but we'll get to that part. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, let's get a job. Let's get some pocket money under our belts. We're at that age. So just a sidebar, you might have noticed we do everything together. <laughs> so Yeah, let's get a job. As if we're conjoined twins. I repeat, you bailed after a month. At least I saw things through. Yeah, it's true. We printed out 12 CVs each and we thought we'll do the drop off along Manly Corso at every cafe, every restaurant. First place we walked into was Macca's. And we were like, hi, just wondering if you've got any jobs going. Can we leave a CV with the manager? And the manager, his name was Todd. Oh, wow. You really do remember this. Todd said, oh, Actually, I am looking to hire. Would you girls like to do an interview right now? And we were like, sure. And we sat down and did back-to-back interviews <laughs> and straight away got offered the jobs and then straight away did training. And I remember the interview was really basic too. He was like, so you'd be working with money a lot uh, at the cash register. So what other traits do you think I'm looking for in an employee? We failed this question. And I was like, um, well, I'm really good with customer service. And he's like, nope, dealing with money. I was like, um... Yeah, I, I can add up. He's like, nope, the machine will do that for you. What else? I was like, um, and he's like, on, I'm like, honors, honors, honorary. He's like, on, I'm like, on, on what? And he's like, honesty, maybe. I was like, oh yeah, I'm honest. Yeah, super honest. And we both failed that question. The one of 10 questions about honesty. That's so effed up. We were thinking too big. We were thinking we were going to have to go in there and run the global team of McDonald's marketing or something. Back to the chip on my shoulder. Yes. Because I was 15 and Revs was 16, we earned different wages. And this pissed me off. Especially because you worked harder than me. Absolutely. So for context, because I was 15, I was earning $5.55 an hour. And because Whoa, was that it? What is wrong with you? Like, I'm genuinely concerned that you don't remember any of these details. This is the difference between someone who drinks every night and someone who doesn't. My brain cells, kaput. It's like that super ad. It's like, same amount of children, same age. Oh, this one's cactus. <laughs> you earned $6.80 an hour. And if you add that up, that's not insignificant. But anyway, from there on, I decided... I don't know what I decided to work for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did. But it is where I met my first proper boyfriend. He was flipping burgers. He was was a bit older. He must have been on like $8. High roller over there. Hot. He had a car. I remember that. He did. He had a Beetle. It was sexy. It was hot. But I got him his next job. So Revs left Macca's after four weeks. I stuck around for a year and then I leveled up. I got a job at a cafe. I went from earning $5.55 an hour to 15. Jesus. I know. And then I brought my boyfriend over and got him a job as a barista. And he was also on 15 an hour and we felt like we were killing it. You guys are just slow-mo walking around manly, just like making it rain. Yeah, we were kings and queens of the Corso. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, I loved that boyfriend. He was nice. He was a nice one. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> Your mum loved him. Okay. Speaking of mums, my mum and dad, if you're listening, um, this, this is not the week for you to listen. I'm, I'm blushing even at the thought. Dear listeners, don't have context yet. So, Revs, you know what I don't have time for this week? What don't you have time for? Sex. Ah, yep, that's the topic of the week. So, so just saying again, mum and dad, just just don't listen this week. It's yeah. fine. I won't be mad. We won't have to have any chats about it. Just let's all hold hands and decide that we are going to acknowledge the fact that we have sex and you're going to turn off the podcast. In the same way that we don't like imagining our parents have sex, you don't want to imagine your children having sex. Yeah, so just like turn it off now. Just give you a moment. There you go. So dear listeners. Now that they're gone. Rebs was like, so... Someone slid into my DMs and said, we need to cover this topic. And I went red in the face. I was like, oh my God, are we going to talk about sex? I know I'm being really immature, but can I explain myself? Yes. I suffer from Catholic schoolgirl guilt. Yes. Break that open before we start. So I'm agnostic. I'm still figuring out what my faith is, I suppose. I guess I've got sprinkles of spirituality in me, but I, I, don't, I haven't labeled it as anything specific. I'm still figuring shit out. Yeah. But in my childhood, I was brought up Catholic. So I did all of the communion, confirmation, went to church every Sunday through school. And then as I got older, I started to ask questions. But the one thing that I've always struggled to shake is that Catholic guilt. The sex shame stuff. (laughs) The sex shame. Oh, yeah. It's designed for you not to shake it. It's designed to get in there and stick around for the rest of your life. Yeah. And it's impacted me when it comes to sex and pleasure. You can't even say the word sex. Like, sex. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Why am I getting awkward? I don't know. It's awkward. But just you wait. This is like opening Pandora's box where I'm like, oh, I can't talk about this. And then throw a microphone in front of me. And then suddenly I'm like, I can't stop talking. And I'm going to overshare. And I'm going to take it too far. And you're going to rein me in. It's all good. This podcast is quickly becoming our dirty laundry trauma airing. (laughs) No, we do need to talk about this because this is something that when we go out for dinner with our girlfriends, pretty much comes up every time. It is something that we all really do want to talk about, but everyone is scared to talk about it because you don't want to be the one with the dud sex life. But as it turns out, (laughs) we're all on Struggle Street in this department. Not for any other reason other than we are all so fucking tired. Yes, well, that's the first bit. Can we start with that? I can barely brush my teeth at the end of the night. I'm so tired. Yeah. Let alone like throw a leg over or throw a leg under or however you like to do it. (laughs) Whatever your posse is. (laughs) There's so much to get into. It's like, where are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? Who are you going to do it with? Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Scandal, guys. Dear Graham, if you're listening, run. (laughs) <laughs> all right i feel like what i want to know about everyone else is how often are they doing it how often are they going down to bone town because i feel like i don't have sex enough with my husband not i don't have sex with him we don't have sex enough he's not having sex with me it's consensual you know all the things <laughs> no but it's true it's it's not that we don't want to i think i don't know sometimes i don't want to do you want to every day no, I want to want it. Yes. That, there's a difference. Yes. But the problem is I had two babies really close in age, 20 months apart. So for the last three years plus, I've either been pregnant, nursing a newborn, chasing after a toddler, trying to grow my business. And the last thing I want to do is get my freak on. Yeah. But when you do get your freak on, do you enjoy it? 
Yes. Uh, and Hubs and I, every time, go, we love this. Oh, my God, totally. We need, to, we need to do this more. This is great. It's such a release. Look how relaxed we are. There's more colour in our cheeks. You like feel closer to each other. Absolutely. Oh, my God, so true. I remember last time that we, last time, many moons ago, <laughs> when we bonked, I was like, do people know about this? Do people know about this sex thing? It's so good. Why aren't people doing this more often? And by people, I mean me. You're not alone. Yeah. And this is the thing is that we all think we're alone and we all think, oh my God, there must be something wrong with us because we're not boning. Because there's always those few friends in any group who are... Just hella sex positive. Yeah. And you know they're just always jumping their hubby. We can break down our friendship circle a little bit. We've got one friend who is, as you said, sex positive. They're not going to go out for dinner with us anymore, you know. If we mine them for content on the podcast, (laughs) no one's going to want to hang with us. They'll be like, we can't talk to them anymore because we're going to end up on the potty. Oh my God. All these conversations that we've had span years ago. Yeah. Like this is not like recent content and we're like, yeah, for the potty. No, we talk about this every single time. And it's... It's the same every time. We've got that one friend who's very sex positive, has a very healthy, thriving sex life with her partner. But then we have a couple of friends who have sex pest husbands (laughs) who want it frequently. Have high sex drive. Have high sex drives, can't keep their hands off their wives. Oh, imagine. But then the wives are like, yeah, we just do it, get it done. Like, you know, (laughs) there's nothing sexy about it from what I hear. And then there's those people who don't do it nearly frequently enough and then you live with this guilt that I should da 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 yeah and then also I feel like there's like a new trend now where you see a lot of cool mums on Instagram being like it's like almost a philosophy for them they're like no this is something I want to do I want to keep my sex life really healthy and regular and vibrant it's a key to success in a marriage it's something they sort of actively practice would you agree do you know people like that I do yeah. On the gram. On the gram. There's Lots a, and, of that on the gram. And this is the thing. I wonder if I feel triggered mm, by it. Because, because you I, don't have any sex. <laughs> <laughs> now that's not true. It's fine. You don't have to qualify. They, they get it. No, but it's just not frequent in how I think it should be. Or maybe I'm just nostalgic about how it used to be and how yeah. easy it was. And how... Do you know why for me? Oh God, please God, my parents aren't listening. But we used to love morning sex same on the weekends yep. that was like the best way to start your weekend is like you'd lazily wake up whenever you were ready you would naturally just wake up when the light came in the window not to like mommy i want to crump it or whatever remember those days when you would just wake up <sighs> i'm really fishing you'd... deep into my memory to remember these days but yeah and you would just roll over and it would just sort of happen organically and that's like a nice start to the weekend then you'd go off to a pump class or something <laughs> organic sex what even is that i know there's just literally not a morning in the week where you can do that now no it's just not possible and then of course you get to the end of the day and you're exhausted yeah and you just can't be bothered even though let's be honest how long does it really take i was gonna say everyone's got their method now you get so comfortable with your partner that it's like yep i know i do this to you you, you do, do this to me, me. <laughs> and it's over in like two minutes <laughs> It's a bit like going to the gym, I think, where the idea of it feels effortful. But then when you're there, you're like, oh, this isn't so bad. Actually, this is kind of great. And then you get the endorphin hit and then you're like, oh, my God, I love exercise. And then you're like, I'm going to do this three to five times a week. Like everyone preaches I should on Instagram. And then suddenly weeks go by and you're like, oh, yeah, shit. We better like get back in bed and do that thing again that we both said we loved. Yes. Weird. 
This is probably why I do feel a little bit triggered by this public display of affection that I'm starting to see on Instagram. And oh, I don't want to be that person, but I always question influencers' intentions. Is it because that kind of content hits? Mm. And it gets reached because some people are either really pervy and are like, oh my God, look at these two people being intimate and married. And then people hate watch it who are like, fuck you for your PDA. Yeah, but it's status, right? It's like, I'm having great sex, you guys. It's almost like the new humble brag to be like, oh, I'm giving my husband sex all the time. I don't know. It's a bit of a power move, I think. Don't you think? Yeah, I do. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you could argue that, no, let them be them. Yeah, yeah, totally. And we would never want to shit on someone being sex positive and owning their sex life. Like, we all could use a little reach around in the shower, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And you're right. When you're in a prolific time and it's just like, woo, we're just into it again. Well, last time that happened to us, we made bloody Teddy. (laughs) Oh, same with us with Iggy. Yeah, it was a sex renaissance after having our first baby. And then we were sort of back into it. And then, fuck, I'm pregnant. (laughs) For us, it wasn't even a sex renaissance. It was because we went away to Bluey's Beach with other friends. And they arrived late to the property. And Hubs and I were like, well, this is kind of our only chance. Like, Raph was down. They messaged us and said, we're about 45 minutes away. And we thought, quick, (laughs) get it in. 45? (laughs) Give me three. (laughs) Whereas we struggled to conceive Rafa. So that was nearly two years of trying. Mm. And I tell you what, the fastest way to kill spontaneous sex is trying to conceive. Oh my God, totally. I feel like Hubs wasn't mad about that phase. And then when we conceived Iggy in one shot, I think he was a bit like, oh, but haven't we got mileage in this? (laughs) And I was like, nope, I'm pregnant. Don't touch me. (laughs) (laughs) Access denied. (laughs) I don't have such a problem pregnant. doesn't really bother me. But when I'm breastfeeding, don't come near me. I found myself hornier when I was pregnant with a boy oh than with God. a girl. Oh Wait. God, have we not talked about this? No. Same. I don't know if that was because I had testosterone in me. That's what I thought. And then I was like, why am I toey? <laughs> oh, my God. I was so horny pregnant with Teddy. But I wasn't with Rafa. Yeah, no, neither. Oh, my gosh. How funny. That's so funny. And I remember, oh, God. I remember when I was very, very pregnant with Teddy at the end and I was like spherical, like I couldn't barely move and I was just like, bring me food, sitting on the couch, <laughs> like meals resting on my belly, like falling into my mouth. And I was like, oh, I'm so horny to Grey, but there's no way I can have sex. You're just going to have to like sort Service me out. Me. Sort me out. And he was like, oh, it's only a couple of weeks. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I like zoomed out for a second. I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm really <laughs> laying out an attractive offer right now. <laughs> don't blame him. Can't oh. blame him. Because everyone's tried the like have sex to make the baby arrive thing, right? Yeah. And it just so happened that Isla arrived the day after we had sex. So I was like, that's it. It's true for a reason. It's this old wives tale that's legit. So I tried to make him do it for Teddy because Teddy was so overdue. Oh, so I was like, yeah. you're going to have to have sex with me. And he was like, I'm good. <laughs> Just to segue on that topic of how we think that certain things can trigger us giving birth, I always find it funny when people go 10 days overdue and they tried all the things and then the one thing they tried the night before, they then suddenly go, well, that was it. And I'm like, no, mate, you were 10 days overdue. That baby was coming. It wasn't the fucking herbal tea or the acupuncture. It wasn't the spicy curry. (laughs) It was just a coincidence. You and I are both very well versed in the world of having babies come late. We were both over our due dates. I had both my babies induced. You didn't. Well, Isla came on her due date. Did you know that 5% of babies come on their due date? Is that right? 
right. Mm, yeah. Well, it's very Isla to turn up on time and be like, all right, let's do this. She came on her due date, but Teddy was overdue. I think he was five or six days late. And I, you remember me. Oh I was my God, a you, mess. Were, you were miserable. You came over to my house and just burst into tears. And you were like, I know what I want. I want him out. I could not handle it. But then I was really weirdly resistant to being induced. Yeah, you were like, no, I'm just going to let him choose his time. I know, it was such a contradiction. I still can't tell you why I didn't want to be induced. I just didn't want to. I, I have no actual reason it's not even it's not a judgy thing or a philosophy I just didn't want it to happen but I was I was a punish because I was just like I want this to be over you're like you know you could call your OB right now and it could be over and I was like don't say that to me (laughs) he'll come when he wants to come why won't he come okay I have to be an advocate for induction or positive induction experiences right now because for whatever reason there are like whispers about you don't want to get induced you don't want to get induced from people and you know what I got induced both times yeah loved it both times and it was great I loved driving to the hospital being like we're having a baby and having a deadline really suits me okay. <laughs> it does suit you it, i love That's a deadline so funny yeah i was like i only am gonna be pregnant for three days max yeah as i inched closer to my induction date yes whereas i was sitting there like i'm gonna be pregnant for 84 years <laughs> they're gonna have to carve this baby out of my mummified body because it's never going to arrive and am i gonna make it arrive no, but I will walk these stairs 27 times <laughs> and hope that does it. And look at us slipping back comfortably into the topic of babies and pregnancy and avoiding the topic at hand. Yes, let's get back to it. Yes. Back to the juice. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you, you and me. me. So, okay, talk to me about spicing it up. Have you had any recent times when it's like reignited and been good and what did you do and give me all the tips? Well, I've shared this before on the potty, but we had a sexual reawakening after watching Bridgerton. <gasps> episode six <gasps> i think it porn. was yeah it was mummy porn and i fully pounced on him i was like all right <laughs> i need to have my way with you i will close my eyes and you will be the duke <laughs> exactly it was and hot. i am daphne please deflower me <laughs> rip off my corset oh it was great and i think hubs thought booyah i'm in figuratively and literally <laughs> And then we have to like, we have to get the motivation and the impetus to like do that again. Why is it so effortful? Yeah. It's really annoying me. It's really not that much effort, is it? No. And I'm going to sound really insufferable here, but I don't mind if it's scheduled. Yeah, my hubs doesn't mind that either. I don't like it. Uh, I didn't like it, but I've come round to it. Well, what other choice do you have? If you don't schedule it, it's not going to happen. If you don't schedule anything in your life nowadays, it's not going to happen. Exactly. So when hubs is like, so this Sunday, I'm like, great. Then I know. And then I can mentally make space for that. But if he says that on a Wednesday, by the time it's Saturday, are you like, oh God, tomorrow's Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) I promised I'd phone and I'm just not vibing it. Yeah, but I just have to get myself in the mood and then I'm good to go yeah I would love to know what gay couples do specifically women gay couples I would love to know if this happens when you get married as mm. to women as well because I I do feel like there's a little bit of an old school generational thing here of like you should have sex with your husband I feel like the next generations are like no absolutely not if I don't feel it don't come near me like they're much more down with the boundaries yeah well I was kind of interested in a female gay couple from the perspective of men have higher sex drives with testosterone but if you've got two women in a relationship who are both not feeling it do they work collectively together to kind of or is there a bit of an understanding of like hey if we don't feel it we don't feel it when it happens it happens Mm, maybe god please let us know if you are in a gay relationship 
Can you tell us what happens and is it better? And should we get married? (laughs) God, we would have been a couple if we could have. Yeah. Unfortunately, we just like the peen. It's true. Or not. Like, (laughs) hey. (laughs) For me, it's like, there's no time for romance. So, of course, you don't feel like having sex, right? You know how a couple of weeks ago you celebrated Grey's birthday? Yes. And you guys went away to that really fancy hotel. Yes. Just the two of you for four nights or whatever it was. Yes. Does it help to set the scene? Hell yes. Yeah. That was like Casa del Bona. <laughs> <laughs> but it can't just be like an annual epic event, right? Annual? I mean, that was like a once in a lifetime. <laughs> we are never going to. Sorry, in. I thought you, you were about to say that was once in a lifetime time that we had sex (laughs) annual we're not having sex annually (laughs) try decadely that's not a word is now coining it decadely (laughs) no that was like that was a fancy ass holiday and yes we did make the most of our alone time but that's the thing we got to go out for dinner and we had brunch and we got to chat and hold hands and go for walks and all that stuff I think is part of it because it sort of builds up to the ultimate expression of your love Without all that stuff, it's just like, should we do it now? Quick, get it in. Ah, done. (laughs) Oh, God. I guess it's all the the life foreplay that you need to lead into the actual foreplay. You need to be primed by not only your environment, but yourself Mm. to build up your libido. Because for me, it's like, oh, God, the environment. I mean, we know the issue. Two kids running around, crazy life schedules. But then on top of that, I was dealing with being postpartum and all the hormones and it's been proven scientifically that your libido drops when you're breastfeeding and in your fourth trimester. Well, it's like your body doesn't belong to you or your partner. It belongs to the baby. That's right. And I think it is absolutely by design. So with Iggy, obviously I stopped breastfeeding him back in January when he turned one. But now I'm starting to feel like myself again. So the yeah. I've felt the hormonal shift. So I'm a bit like frisky oh. again. But if I'm honest, I'm still dealing with physically, still not feeling particularly sexy. I think I shared on one of the other episodes that the milk has gone and my boobs now look like shriveled up mandarins in socks. Not loving my Caesar scar. Yeah. It's like that new age quote. You can't love anyone else if you don't love yourself first. And I'm not here saying like I've riddled with all this self-loathing. That's not true. But I just, I hate saying this. It's like I'm trying to get back to my former self. I'm never going to get back there. I'm now postpartum for the rest of my life. But I guess I'm doing work on myself to feel good and confident in this foreign body again. Mm. Because two babies deep, I I feel like I I still don't know how to hold this body yet. I'm working it out. Yeah. But this is probably a deeper problem, actually, because our generation particularly, I think the next couple of gens coming through actually getting really good at this. But something that we aren't good at, I don't think, is we probably are a bit too performative in during sex. Oh, tell me more. What do you mean? You don't have to hold your body for your partner any particular way. You don't have to present. It's not supposed to be about that, is it? Like, isn't it more about connecting and feeling and and sensations and being sensual it's not about you presenting a attractive offering to him well then maybe you've just given it away right there and then without me realizing is that i am just in my head so much and there's nothing less sexy than being in your head because the times when i really enjoy it is when i've completely surrendered i'm unbridled Mm -hmm. my thoughts are just open and i'm present in the moment there with him and it's 
awesome. Yeah. But it takes me a while to get into that headspace. I've got to get my head in the game more than anything. And then I fucking love it. Okay, so we have to do like a bit of a mind shift around like what it's all about. Because let's be honest, my husband's not like, he's not the one who's judging me. He's just stoked. I know. He's just stoked to get it. And he loves me and he's so reassuring all the time. And I'm the one who's all like caught up in my own head, which is ridiculous. Well, no, that's because he's a man and men aren't taught to have to look and feel and present a certain way for sex. They're just like, hey, here, ready to go. Let's do it. Definitely. But also men don't go through the huge shifts that come with having and carrying and nurturing and nourishing and birthing a baby. They don't go through through any of that they didn't have a watermelon explode out of their junk exactly their life is just consistent as hell yeah nothing's really changed no physically no but also what about hormonally for us they don't men don't have huge hormonal shifts the way we do yeah well this is the other problem i reckon i can tell when i'm ovulating now but that's when i'm most horny so I'm having a bit of a feud with my lover at the moment because I want him to get a vasectomy. Oh, me too. He was wanted a vasectomy since we had one child and he hasn't done it. But I feel I have shouldered the birth control responsibility for far too long. Like our entire relationship. Yeah. Like when we met, it was my job to be on the pill. And then I've had the marina and I've had the this and the that and the, you know, then the fertility stuff. Like who was monitoring all that? You were. I was. Yeah. You know, like I have shouldered the burden, frankly, of the birth control, our entire relationship. Now, I'm not going to go and get my tubes tied because it's far more complicated. Frankly, I don't want to. I feel like I've been through enough. Getting your tubes tied or a hysterectomy or whatever, I mean, that is hugely invasive. Yeah, it's a big deal. Like the operation for a snip is very quick and easy. Well, I hear it's like going through Macca's drive through Some people can do like lunchtime ones. Yeah, my husband was telling me there's a place in Melbourne. It's called Dr. Snip. (laughs) And they do it in your lunch break and you can be back at your desk. Hashtag not sponsored. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on. Hubs was in Melbourne two weeks ago. Why didn't he go and see Dr. Snip? Why did he tell me about it after the fact and not get it sorted? Just get it sorted. And I don't know. I'm digging in a little bit because I'm like, I could make the GP appointment and get the ball rolling. But I just want him to do this one. Totally. And once again, we're harking back to that whole systematic issue where the woman is in charge of all of those appointments. The mental load. The mental load. I'm the one who books the kids in for their checkups, go and get their vaccinations, whatever it is. Like, yeah. I, like Hubs would have no idea yeah. about any of that stuff. He relies on me to tell him when the kids are due for all of those checkups and updates. Yeah. I'm the same as you. I'm digging my heels in and I'm not the one booking in his vasectomy. I just won't. Well, because you know what's not sexy? Being someone's mum. Yes. It's like, I don't want to mother him through a vasectomy so we can have fabulous unbridled sex again, you know? Because this is the other thing. Now we're like genuinely concerned about getting pregnant. Same with us. Because we don't want any more children. So if I think I'm ovulating, which frankly is when I'm most up for going down to bone town, I don't want to have any semen anywhere near me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't want them finding an egg and like, whoops, you've got a third child in a two bedroom apartment. Happy days. Like, no no thanks. Yeah, we're, we're definitely done it too as well. And I'm definitely not on the fence. Like I'm happy to be done at Rafa and Iggy, but my husband is vehemently done. Yeah. It's personal, but we don't want to be outnumbered by kids. Yeah. 
there's lots of reasons why we want to stop it too. But he's not doing anything to prevent a third from appearing in our lives. Yeah, and if you did get pregnant and you didn't want to have that baby, who's going to shoulder that? That's going to be you and your body and your hormones and your appointments, you know? Like, so I don't know. I have thought about having a sex strike until there's a vasectomy on the table, That's- at least until there's a date in the diary. Absolutely. But then that feels a bit manipulative too. But honestly. Ooh, sex is currency. (laughs) Yeah, see, that's problematic, isn't it? Back to the no inhibitions thing. I do love being a little bit boozy and then getting into it. Maybe this is why I need to take up drinking. Look, we're going to get you on the espresso martinis. You'll have coffee to keep you up in the morning and booze to make you uninhibited. Maybe alcohol is the thing to lubricate me. (laughs) (laughs) If we really get into it, what we are suffering from here, though, is comparisonitis, right? Because we're worried that all our girlfriends are having all this great sex and juggling their careers and their kids. And, you know, it's just another way you can think, oh, I don't have my life together like she does or like they do. Definitely. Because if everyone sat at a table and was like, oh, we have sex, I don't know, like twice a month. Yeah, about twice a month or whatever. And I was like, oh, twice a month. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, totally. I can get into that. But we have this assumption that everyone's doing it three to five times, like exercise, a week. Oh my God, are people really doing it three to five times a week? I mean, if they are, good on them. That just makes me want to have a nap. People our age, with our stage of life, with children? Maybe, or they're straight up lying. I don't know. Yeah, this is the thing. People also lie, just like they lie about their baby's sleep. They lie about how much sex they're having. Yeah, I think there's a lot of shame around it. Yeah, because it feels like a failing. It does. Whereas, I don't know, I kind of see it as like we're good i'm the same like hubs and i him becoming a dad is my favorite i couldn't love him more and he's a fantastic hands-on dad that term is problematic why do we have a term called hands-on dad we never get called it hands-on mum ever such a hands-on mum well you're not really (laughs) like a hands-off (laughs) mum i'm a couch mum well ain't that some truth serum sit back here on the couch you guys play with some lego i'm good oh dear (laughs) gotta get me a hands-on dad well Hubs is just a dad, yeah. a good dad doing all of his duties. And I found that really sexy. Yeah. And I think there is a mutual understanding. And we talk about this often that we're in the trenches. Sorry to overuse that term. Yeah. But we are. We've got two kids. It's tiring. They're super dependent. We got one in nappies. We got two that still need to be spoon fed to get all of their food in. Like it, it's intense. Yeah. And so we don't have a lot left in the tank for each other at the end of the day. But yeah. What I love is we're not pushing each other on it because I think I would really push back if I was feeling pushed. But then I think at the same time, sometimes I'm like, no, push me for it. Yeah, bit of throw down. <laughs> yeah, throw me down. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I feel like the fact that we're so fine to just coexist and parent together is a strength and it's an intimacy of its own. But it doesn't get held up on a pedestal as someone who's bragging about having sex multiple times a week. Like, it's not really sexy to be like, no, we're really happy just coexisting. (laughs) We're really happy just looking each other in the eye once in a while and saying, hi, I see you there. I love you. I'm not going to bang you tonight. But it's also like we're so comfortable and we're so secure. I know he's not going anywhere. And that's not that sexy. Do you know what I mean? Wait, what? What do you mean by that? I mean, like, I never have an opportunity to get jealous. Like, we're not going out. Okay, this is... He's not being hit on. He's not being checked out. You know, like, we're just, living his parent life. This is problematic. What do you mean? Because you're almost suggesting that if if there was a threat... (laughs) 
like forbidden fruit out yes. there that's being dangled in front of him that it would make you up your game, but you don't have to because you okay. know that that's not the case. That is what you're revealing right well, now. Well, kind of. Let me tell you something. Something happens when you become a school parent. Wait, talk it up because I'm not there yet. Maybe this is just me on my little island, but something happens when you walk through that gate of school on day one and there's all these other parents around and it's like you all collectively look up and you're like, huh, there's other adults in the world. And it feels like the first moment since you became a parent and sort of got put under house arrest with these children that you look up again and feel like you're just an adult. But because there's all these other adults around, you're like, oh, that dad's pretty hot. Oh, she's pretty cute. And you lock up your husbands. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just like you just suddenly feel like, oh, it's just the new bar. Do you know what I mean? Like you used to go to a bar every weekend and see other people your same age and stage of life. And that's where you would sort of have pheromones and flirting. And, you know, even if you were in a couple, you'd still be socializing, getting that flirt hit from other places in your life. When you become a school parent and every single day you're seeing all these people and they look successful or interesting or they've got their shit together and they've got cool outfits and they're, you know, they're really good dads or really good mums. Like it's attractive. It's like it's the first time you see a large group of your contemporaries in one place. Just chuck a drink in everyone's hand and we could be back at cargo, you know? <laughs> like, And there's all this social stuff. What? With being a school parent? Yeah, like there's like meet the parents drinks and things. And oh, you just wow. suddenly feel like you have a bit more of a life outside being, insert child's names, mum. Okay, but how does this all boil down to being related to a sexual reawakening or re-sparking your sex life? Or is it that you and Grey are like, oh, there's other parents out there. Better like, I don't know, step up my sex game. I'm missing the point. No, it's just that, like, I can see how people have affairs with other parents from gotcha. school. Okay. It's just you suddenly start to feel like you're your own whole sexual adult person again. Yeah. And, like, if another mum, like, chats to my husband and I'm like, oh, they're, like, having a riff. It's, it's kind of, I don't know. It's like, oh, he is interesting. He is sexy. Oh, he yeah. is. He does have his own life. I was really attracted to that, you know? Yes. Like, it sort of reminds you that you're not just parents and flatmates, that you could just be, like, adults in the world who are attractive and attracted to people. It's like, it feels like a moment. Also feels a bit dangerous because you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> these people (laughs) like it was so interesting wasn't it the other night Revzy when we talked about how we're entering the age of at some point statistically divorces might happen in our friendship group yeah and that was a weird revelation to me where I thought oh shit yeah because heaps of people do get divorced with young kids because that's when it's hardest and they almost don't push through to beyond or some people fight through and then they get to the end of their kids being teens and then they're empty nesters and then they realize that they still don't like each other (laughs) and then go their separate ways but hubs and i talk about this often about we'll get each other back because we know how great we are jesus i really hope you do because you're really pinning a lot on that time of life like what if you guys get there and you're like huh thought we were gonna get each other back oh my god he is my best friend i know i know like he really is and i've known him forever and and i think that's what adds to slipping into the comfort and ease of just being together and there is beauty in that like we can't underestimate that but every now and then when we get moments to ourselves again it's like oh we're back this is familiar this is what we love and it's that connectedness and i think that's what having sex 
does. Yeah. It's like an anchor point for yeah. your relationship. And that's why you actually really do. I know this podcast is called We Don't Have Time for This, but you do <laughs> need to make time for it. Yeah. So Hubs and I have started doing this thing where I know everyone's going to eye roll and be like, hey, date night. But you know how everyone talks about like, you've got to do date night once yeah. a month. Yeah. So I consumed that content <laughs> online and was like, yep, need to do date night once a month. Got to get that shit happening. So we would organize ourselves a date night. We'd be like, oh, this is awesome. And Hubs and I have this thing where we're like, we're not allowed to talk about the kids. Okay. It's like our little rule of we're not going to sit here and just gush about our own children. Like it's not new news. We love our kids. So we force ourselves to talk about other things. It might be personal dreams and goals and what we want to do in three years time, five years time, whatever. It definitely is with you two. You're definitely making five year goals. We're very goal orientated people. Which, Do you get out like a little spreadsheet? Little, little spreadsheet, just punch some things in. It's like, Ooh, that's hot. That's hot. You're getting me real excited. <laughs> some foreplay up in here. Let's get the budget out. Oh, talk dirty to me. At the end of the day, we do this amazing date night. We eat fabulous food and then we go home and we're like, oh my God, we need to do that again. And then we both forget to book it in. So we've started this new rule where our date night is not allowed to end. We're not allowed to go home until we have our next date night booked in the diary. Nice. So there's a continuous cycle of forced catch-up time. I hate that I'm using the word forced, but no, it but is. It's like anything. You, it'll start that way and then it'll become this regular lovely thing that you look forward to. Yeah. When we were in the UK, because babysitters are so expensive here, this is the problem. Yeah. It's a easily a $200 night without even paying for a taxi or any kind of dinner or anything when we were in the uk we had a standing friday night oh every single friday we had the same babysitter who the kids loved that's vital because you don't want to like feel guilty and hate leaving them and they're crying when you leave it's just like a total buzzkill but they loved this particular nanny and we had her every Friday night. And even if we didn't have plans, we would just go see a movie or just go grab like a quick dinner or go see friends. We would make plans for Friday because that was our night. Oh, that's so good. Whereas we have Friday takeout. Yeah. <laughs> and it's often Indian. Oh, yeah. I should really go see that right I know. Now. We're whores for Indian food. Like we love it. Oh, but it's become my new pleasure to sit on the couch and order delicious takeaway. That's my pleasure. That's my foreplay. Oh, God. <laughs> Except it's not because when you're full of Indian, you, the last thing you want to do the last thing. is go and bonk. <laughs> so I guess I'm interested. Do our dear listeners talk to their friends about this? Because yeah. we're really fortunate to be in a group of girlfriends who do talk openly and everyone owns their version of events in terms of what's happening in their sex lives. And no one judges anyone. No one's apologetic. Like, as I said, some are straight up honest and they're like, yeah, we have regular sex. And some are like, yeah, I have dutiful chore sex. <laughs> like, and no one judges anyone. And it's lovely. But I guess... If you don't have the kind of girlfriends who do talk openly about this, just know that you're not alone. Hell no. It's totally normal to start wondering or worrying about your situation with your relationship because often is the case you're fine, but you worry about what society thinks you should be doing, which is a healthy marriage equals lots of healthy sex. And that is the narrative that's being pushed on social media at the moment. As I said before, it, it triggers me because it holds a mirror up to my own situation. And yeah. I go, hmm, we're not doing that regular every few times a week sex catch up thing. Every few times a week. I can't get past this. I'm like, I just don't believe anyone's doing that. <laughs> Who's 
got the energy, honestly. Their kids must be in boarding oh, school. Oh my god! And what their kids never get out of bed and like come in and go, "Mommy." <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that article that went viral a couple of years ago? I think it was Constance Hall. It was. It was Constance Hall. Yeah. And she talked about parent sex and how it's like a quickie behind the door while your kids are watching Peppa Pig or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do that. I, they had need to be asleep or not in the house. Yep, I'm the same. I can't be like sneaky, give them a packet of sultanas and turn on Paw Patrol and go for it. I just don't have that in me. Is that what she talks about in the article, that that's what they do? Yeah, and just how sex changes when you become a parent. And I've got girlfriends who've told me about that. It's like, oh, you give them sultanas because it like takes time for them to eat them. Oh, no, I can't do it. I feel like I'm I'm gonna get busted, yes. which I know for some people that's sexy, but not, not when it's your my kids. kids. I know <laughs> that's the problem. Not by your kids. I'll tell you the time that I felt like I had the biggest drought and I really struggled with it was when we were living with my husband's parents. Oh. We were living with Hubs's parents for nearly three months when we first moved back to Australia, and I I just couldn't do it yeah. when we had adjacent bedroom walls. Yeah, like yeah, I just yeah. like, I, and you know what? Like it's that parent, Catholic guilt coming back to get you. Yes, it comes back to haunt me. And his parents are at an age where they were just home every night, you know, at sensible hours. They weren't out raging till like 2 a.m. They were back home in bed for like 9.30. And I was like, babe, I can't do it. I'm just not feeling it. They're right there. And again, it's that stealing windows and opportunities. And there was a time where Rafa, my very good consistent sleeper I've definitely jinxed it now but she would do a very consistent two-hour nap and that was workable then but now throw in Iggy and the nap schedules are all out it's like there's always a kid on us oh no I remember our biggest drought and I'm not even comfortable telling you how old he was but Teddy hit a certain age and we hadn't had sex since he'd been born and it was just such a marker of how long it had been. And were you like, quick, babe, we I, have to yes. have sex because we can't hit he can't that, turn age. that age. I just can't say it. I can't say <laughs> it because I'm too ashamed. <laughs> but but I was like, he can't hit that age without us having sex because then I'll always know we went X amount of time without boning. <laughs> no, but I get that. Yeah. I remember when I went to see my obstetrician and I was like, so how long do I have to wait before I can have sex again? And she was like, oh, technically six weeks, tell your husband 12. <laughs> And if you do it sooner, he'll count himself lucky. And I'm going to be honest, I pushed it to the 12-week mark. Oh, yeah. I was like, I am buying myself three months of recovery before I have a thingy in my thingy. Yeah, for sure. Because you've already got a frozen condom in your undies just healing your gooch from the exit wound that is your child. It's not like you want to be sticking things in there. No, and I had an episiotomy, thank you very much. That definitely bought me a whole quarter of a year. I validate your feelings. Thank you. (laughs) And by the way, if there are any mums-to-be listening to the potty, keep that in mind after you've given birth. Just say your obstetrician said you need 12 full weeks of recovery if you're not vibing it. Or just say I don't feel like it. Just advocate for yourself and say, do you know what? I'm not ready. I know. It's, it's, uh, yeah, we should, we should. I don't know why we as women struggle with that. We struggle with being okay to just say, sorry, babe, I'm just don't feel like we're riddled with enough guilt for our children. And then we're riddled with guilt about servicing our husbands. (laughs) (laughs) It's so awful to say that, but it's true. Yeah. I think we should start just practice saying, 
I'm not feeling it, and that's fine. You have to like pretend you have a medical condition that prevents you <laughs> going into bed. But I have heard of husbands that lay on the guilt thick and turn into like this little wounded puppy dog when yeah. they've been rejected, and then the wife has like pound puppy syndrome where they're like, oh, now I feel bad. All right, <laughs> you know, like, sounds kind of cute. <laughs> oh, cute puppy guilt sex. I wonder if there are dads who aren't up for it, who are just tired from being dads, or like just don't feel it there must be for sure there would have to be actually I've got a girlfriend who lives in LA who has quite a high sex drive and she's like my husband can't keep up (laughs) so she has the opposite issue mind you doesn't have kids yet yeah right so I think well well hang on didn't we talk about not forecasting experiences to other mums yes and I was just about to say get back to me when you've had kids like a stupid narc (laughs) it's just such a minefield I think our relationships cop it because we give everything to the kids to the job then we've got self-care now to add to our list of things we've got to do right and I just feel like the relationship just takes lowest priority definitely But maybe that's because it can withstand that. Like, maybe it's a good sign. Am I convincing you? Yeah, no. (laughs) I'm trying to convince myself. I really think my husband and I have this mutual understanding of our circumstances. And I guess I just feel like, oh, it's not very sexy or exciting or spontaneous. And so I think that something's lacking. But actually, this conversation with you makes me feel better because I'm realizing, no, that's really grounded. Yeah. Yeah in our relationship that our bond runs deeper than just the sex but that sexy part will come back yeah when i get more sleep and i'm more rested and i've got kids that are less dependent on me like i do kind of want to work hard to nurture that you know what that's the other thing i'm so touched out and i've said this before my kids are older than i thought they would be where they're still needing so much physical touch from me i can't sit down on any seat in this house without someone or two people suddenly being in my lap. Well, you talked about this, how your kids are super needy of you and yet there's Gray in the corner just listening to an iPod. uh, iPod. (laughs) Just listening to his Walkman. (laughs) Rewinding it back to the beginning and listening to those jams. (laughs) You did say that he would be sitting on an armchair on his own. Yeah, scrolling his phone. Scrolling his phone, listening to a potty with no kids on him, with with all the open real estate around him. And you're just like, I'm drowning in children. And then for him to be like, my turn, you'd be like, get away, you sex pest. Like, I am touched out. Touched out. So they go to him for things like when they're hurt and they want a plaster. Plaster, because he's British. He calls it a plaster. I would call it a Band-Aid. They go to him for that. They go to him for snacks. They go to him for all sorts of things. But for me, it's like they get all their physical touch from me. And it's too much for me. I get it. I get that. Like on the weekend, my feet were just stood on all weekend. What is it with kids wanting to stand on your feet? And I just cracked it at one point. I was like, get off my feet! Rafa just waltzes over when I'm sitting in front of the TV watching it and decides to tune into what I'm watching by standing on my feet. (laughs) Checks into the charging dock. Yes! She's like a robot vacuum. (laughs) Mine is arriving today. Oh my God. It's arriving today. Wait, wait, wait. wait. We we have to christen your vacuum. I thought of a name. What's it called? First of all, male or female? Female? Yeah. Please, she does all the housework around here. (laughs) She's got the whole mental load. Well, I'm going to give it to her (laughs) via the app. Here, bitch, take my mental load. (sighs) Vacky Kennedy. Oh, classy. Classy. I, I thought like about Vacky Onassis and I landed on Vacky Kennedy. No, I like... So sue me. I like Vacky Kennedy. She's got a nice ring to it, you yeah. know? 
Why are we like New York in the 20s? I don't know. Do you feel like a bagel? I'm just going to let you run, babe. Keep going. (laughs) Vacky Kennedy joins our family today. I can't wait to unbox her and get the app open and get her cleaning this house because it's filthy. You know what? She might reignite your sex life because you've suddenly bought yourself more time. Will she have sex with my husband? (laughs) Or me? I mean, she does vibrate. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? I would love some input from the dear listeners if they have little things that get them going or little tricks or things they found post children we don't want to hear from you if you haven't had kids yet no. sorry to alienate so, the so non to do that but... thing of like just you wait but don't want to hear from you yeah. don't want to hear about your amazing pre-children sex what do you do to spice it up and do you have open dialogue with your husband about this topic because hubs and i talk about it all the time and we're like a broken record we do oh my god we love this why yeah, do we yeah. deprive ourselves of this? let's do it you know and i'm so sick of us getting caught in that same cycle of yes let's and then crickets and then yes let's and then crickets i just like to be more consistent but it has to be a tip that requires minimal effort (laughs) that is the dear listener that will win the prize you don't want someone sliding into your dms being like go shopping for lingerie lingerie and dress up and then cook a three-course meal and serve it on your head (laughs) whatever i know what the good mum would tell me what she'd be like gem straight up you need to buy a vibrator well you do i know how have you come this far without owning a vibrator? But there's vibrators and then there's bullets. Have a bullet. There's more than two. There's like a whole world out there now for you. Yeah, okay. Catholic guilt. No, get some toys in your life. Yeah. No. I actually am genuinely shook that you are 35 and have never had a vibrator. And you've also had a long distance relationship and lived away from your partner. Like, how did you do it? A bullet does the trick. That's a vibrator, right? It is. It's a vibrator for rookies. Oh my God, what do you mean? It's got seven sexy settings. (laughs) Seven sexy settings. It goes... And then there's one where it's got a cadence. It goes... What about... That's the race car. Race car. I'm not entirely a rookie. Such a 90s vibrator. You need a vibrator from 2021. There's so much that's happened in this space. But hang on. We're talking about connecting with our husbands. I feel like this is... I don't need more me time in that department. Well, maybe you could bring the toys in. Spice things up a bit. I'm sure someone will suggest that. Yeah, true. Honestly, if you have a sex toy company, please send something to Gem to try out. She's such a sex toy virgin. Oh my God, but please don't ask me to share it on my Instagram because it's really off-brand. Guys, go to Gem's OnlyFans. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, you need to road test a few vibrators. And hey, guys, I'll have a go too. Not together. (laughs) Separately. Send us your toys. <laughs> your dad would faint. I hope he turned off when I told him to. Yeah, I hope my dad did too. Oh, Jesus. Do you know what, though? Whatever. We have sex. Everyone has sex. It's a thing. We're living, breathing human beings. I hope my kids aren't like, oh, God, don't talk to me. Like, I want my kids to have good sex and be sex positive and have all the language and the feelings and the emotional maturity around this topic. We don't need to be prudish and silly. Like, everyone likes an orgasm, okay? It just goes to show that we've still got a long way to go. Even our generation. I mean, I'm not there yet. I'm clearly going to go and add a vibrator to cut and get that going because apparently my seven sexy settings isn't good enough (laughs) this might crack open a whole new sexy gem i mean if bridgerton 
can make you hot. I can imagine what a proper vibrator could do for you. I mean, I'm a cheap date in lots of ways. <laughs> I don't drink alcohol. It doesn't take me long to climax. <laughs> are we really having this conversation on the potty? Oh, oh my apparently God. we are. Oh God, someone shut me up. Someone gag me. <laughs> Did you like Fifty Shades yeah, of Grey? Yeah, I did. I found it titillating. Did you? <laughs> I did. You're such a basic airport bitch. <laughs> I am. I read it on the plane. So did everyone, babe. So did everyone. <laughs> that was its whole thing. Look, it's probably the worst piece of literature I've ever read, but... Literature. <laughs> More like literature, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> As I was saying, I read it on the plane and I can't remember what chapter it was, but I started getting really hot south of the border. <laughs> and I did that thing where I turned around to check if anyone could see my screen. You know, like when you watch a sexy movie on a plane and it gets to a sex scene, you can't help but be like, God, I hope there's not like a six-year-old sitting diagonally behind me with the perfect view to see what I'm seeing. And I did that really cliched thing where I just casually uncrossed my legs and <laughs> recrossed them because you feel like it's stamped on your head. I'm reading a sexy blowjob scene. <laughs> Come over and join in. <laughs> like <laughs> Oh my god, I wish a book would do it for me. It just doesn't. Even Bridgerton didn't really get me going. I enjoyed the fuck montage. It didn't make me want to go jump into bed. It made me like, ha, huh, never seen a fuck montage before. It was much more academic for me. Ugh, this is why I'm so bloody virginal. Because <laughs> Bridgerton got me so hot under the collar. It really did. I have to say, I did a disservice to late Bridgerton viewers. I talked it up too much. Yeah. I've had a few people go, watched it, didn't get it. And I was like, yeah, it's because hype? I hyped it. And I've been at the opposite spectrum where people hyped Emily in Paris. Yeah. I came late to it. And by the time I consumed it, I was like, oh, this hasn't lived up to the hype at all. And yeah. I have fueled the Bridgerton hype. And now it's just been a major letdown yeah. for everyone. These things are only good if you jump on them straight away and you don't have all the like, oh my God, it's so good. Because then it can only be a letdown. Exactly. Can only be a letdown. Might be the title of this episode. Shame. Nah, hit us with your spicy tips. This will absolutely not be like when we said, let us know why dogs are good. Because you can stop now, guys. You can stop letting us know why dogs are great additions to the family. We regret having that call out. We're not getting dogs. Thank you for your time. Please stop. I will say, if you do have tips, instead of sliding into our DMs, join the Facebook club. Yes, join our Facebook club. Then we can have a more open discussion about it there. And it's closed, so you still feel protected. Yeah, come and start a convo with all the extended mothers group. And it's an intimate crew. <laughs> intimate crew of 600. <laughs> I don't know if that's intimate, but when I think of huge Facebook groups, I think they have like tens of thousands or hundreds and thousands and millions. But, you know, we're still 600 strong, yeah. but still feels really intimate in there. So I think we can talk openly and honestly rather than sliding into our dms slide 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 on in gems lost it we'll put a link in the show notes slide out slide in i have lost it guys do you have a hashtag not sponsored for oh, me i do yeah and i'm very excited about my hashtag not sponsored today because it's gonna cost people zero dollars and zero cents oh love that it's just a reco we got Disney Plus. You can also get this on YouTube, not just Disney Plus. But it is a Pixar animation, which Aww. is owned by Disney. And it's called Lava. Oh, 
My kids love lava. Oh my god. We have watched that 200 times. Yes. It's beautiful. It's the most gorgeous. It's on YouTube, is it? It is. It is. Yeah. And it's the most gorgeous tale. If you don't know it, you need to get amongst it. It's one of those beautiful pieces of animation where you as an adult can enjoy it just as much as the kids. But it's about this sad, lonely volcano and he's in search for someone to lava. (laughs) It's so cute. And then there's this female volcano and I won't give it away, but it's a Pixar short and it's a song and it's a piece of animation that keeps on giving because then you can download the song to Spotify and then Rafa loves listening to it in the car and it's really sweet. It's very soothing. It's quite meditative. It would be good for quiet time. Yes, we do it as a wind down before bedtime and oh. It is the sweetest. It's beautiful and sweetest. There are so many good Pixar shorts. Oh my God, I could recommend a ton. Bow, I can really recommend Bow. Rafa loves Bow. Because my kids cried at Bow the first time. It was that much of an emotional moment of empathy for them. Iggy cried in lava. Yeah, when the male volcano was sinking under the water and the female one comes up and she can't see him, he was crying every single time we played it. He's so in touch with his emotions, that kid. Don't anyone tell me that you can't be empathetic until after two because I have straight up witnessed my child be empathetic before that age. Same. I think it's in all of us. As soon as you're sentient. Okay, is it okay with you, Bestie, if I recommend another photographer? Oh my God, I'm all about community over competition. So yes, do. Good. So, my friend Nikki Ledbetter. Oh my god, wait. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt. She and I connected on Clubhouse oh, last no way. night. Yeah, last night. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, and we had such a good chat. We were talking about caginess, competitiveness in the photography industry. And she's a hugely successful wedding photographer, but also creative portraits photographer. Landscape. Landscape. She does everything. Her work is incredible. Incredible. Go, go, go. I want to hear you talk about her. She is a Scottish photographer who I'm very close to. When you see the images of when she shot you, you almost think this isn't me. This is a beautiful love story of another family. Like she's incredibly talented. She is a real chiaroscuro as well, like a really amazing use of light and shade her pieces are like art they're not just photography sorry what was that word you used chiaroscuro chiaroscuro yeah and if i'm pronouncing that wrong i'm sorry oh is this gonna be like rattan so guys it's rattan (laughs) dear listeners so you know how revs and i had the argument in last week's episode where i accused revs of calling it rattan once and then we're like calm down it's rattan it's rattan A dear listener slid into our DMs and was like, hate to break it to you guys, but you're both wrong. It's rattan. So it's not rattan. It's not rattan. It's rattan. Just want to say no one thought it was rattan. <laughs> like no one thought it was rattan. I did think it was rattan. Now I know it's rattan. Rattan. Anyway, back to chiaroscuro. Hang on. Let's just see how it's pronounced. Chiaroscuro. Oh no, you were right. Chiaroscuro. It's like Caravaggio. Really dramatic light and shade. So that's what she does, but in this most beautiful European Scottish way. This would be really annoying to recommend her because she's in Glasgow. And if you're not in Glasgow, how do you work with her? How? Well, because she is also so clever, she has worked out a way of doing virtual photo shoots. I have seen this and it's amazing. It's amazing. So you can literally be anywhere in the world and you can book a session with her and she can photograph you. And it's not some shitty screenshot from FaceTime or whatever started happening at the beginning of lockdown. This is like proper photography with her creative eye, her treatment, and you get proper photographs. I've been seeing what she's been doing online and these are the most beautiful photos. If you're stuck in lockdown and you didn't get to have your maternity shoot or you didn't get to have 
have your wedding or you want to capture images of your parents or your family that are not together or something. If you just want to mark this moment in time, and let's be honest, we're going to look back at this as like this hectic moment in time. I would so recommend looking into doing some kind of shoot with Nikki to mark the moment and you don't even have to leave your house. I'm going to put a link to her Instagram in the show notes because it's quite a long handle, but it's nledbetter underscore photography. N-L-E-A-D. Just Beth- put it in the show notes. Better. Yeah. Nikki, get a smaller handle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I didn't recommend a huge business. I have recommended a small mum run business. Well done. Pat on the back. <laughs> when you do it, it's all the trophies. <laughs> and when I do it, it's a condescending pat on the back. <laughs> Time to cue the outro. Well, shall we make it a sexy one again? Because, you know, we were talking about bow, sex, bow, baby. Bow, bow. One of these days, we'll we have an outro to the podcast. To the podcast. To the podcast. Ooh, one of these days. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> okay, you but killed it. You killed once it. again, sorry if you were asleep. <laughs>